Welcome to the Artist Impact Podcast, helping you gain confidence, grow your talent, and advance your impact. Here are your hosts, Paul Gibbs and Nate Miller. And welcome back to the Artist Impact Podcast. This is episode 39. Yeah. So glad to have you guys back with us again. Um, you're either listening to just the audio or you're watching the video of this on our YouTube channel, Notespire Music TV. Either way, uh, Either way. glad to have you guys back, yeah. and we got a lot of great stuff for you here. We're going to be talking about Spotify again. I see a pattern here, Paul. I, I, I am, too. I think we're, we're talking about Spotify, Spotify here each episode, but there's a lot to talk about, yeah. and um, hopefully you guys are finding that helpful. Yes. We also got some stuff on um, how to play and sing at the same time. You, um, wow. There are people that can do that? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Whoa. <laughs> and a little bit about um, recording etiquette in the studio mm. so it's a really cool article we found yeah. but uh first let's get to the most important stuff yeah we, we got some trivial stuff to talk about <laughs> this here is great. you guys look forward to this don't you i know you do <laughs> i know you do we've had people say you know it's it's really important yeah they, they look forward to either hearing it or being getting done well all right so there's you know there's a national day for everything you know? right, yeah. so we talked about last time there's a national what do we say uh there's a National Relaxation Day. Oh, that's right, because I wanted it to be National Nap, Nap Day. Day. We yeah. haven't got to that yet, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see. Um, so what's the National Day today? Well, today. Let's see. What is today? What are we? Today's the twenty-first. Oh, the twenty-first. Yeah, we, we are recording this on August twenty-first. You know what? Way. We missed it. I will, but, but tomorrow. But tomorrow. For, okay. What's tomorrow? The August twenty-second. Well, you've heard the phrase, is the glass half full or half empty? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So you get to decide that on World Plant Milk Day. Wait, what? For milk that's not from from, from dairy. Okay, so like vegetable-based plant. Exactly. Or milk. Oat, like oat, oat right. milk, almond milk, coconut milk. <laughs> you know, we have almond milk here in the house and uh, coconut milk, but you might be... Some people might say that you're nuts for drinking that. Oh, but anyway, oops. yeah, I know. Uh, so that's August 22nd, though. There's, there's an actually a, a world plant milk day. That's what they call it. And then if that wasn't enough, the 23rd of August, don't turn a blind eye to this one because it's International Blind Dog Day. Who would have thought? Wait, is the dog blind or is the it, person that... That's good. That's a good question. Is it like a, a seeing eye dog seeing or eye dog? a blind no, dog? No, a blind dog. Dogs that are blind. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, but, next, you know, what's next? Blind fish day? It might be. <laughs> what did the fish say when it ran into the concrete wall? You figured that one out. All right. Uh, but, you know, smell is a dog's primary sense. So... You know, really, uh, seriously, dogs can still live a very full life, even if they uh, even if they don't have their sight. Can Trivia, use, like, echolocation, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's bark. bark. Maybe that's why they bark all the time. Hey, <laughs> is that why? I you're, you're yeah, this guy knows his stuff. Um, all right, so here's the first of a couple trivia questions, which we will give you the answer to later. But if you don't, if you haven't looked them up already, yeah. how many planets? How many? Planets, there's a key word, are in our galaxy. Okay. Is this before or after Pluto? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, it might be different from what we were taught growing up in school. Yeah. All right. And and finally, um, No Place Like Home. What movie have I ta- am I talking about? Mm. 
Yeah, Wizard yeah. of Oz. Wizard of Oz. 1939, August 25th. It debuted in 1939. Today, of course, it's one of the most well-known movies in history, although it was not an initial sensation. In fact, hmm. the best picture for that year was Gone with the Wind. Okay, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one to go up yeah. against. So, yeah, Wizard of Oz was kind of like just obscure until uh, for almost twenty years, and then it, and then it kind of got kind of discovered, and people yeah. people uh, realized what a, what a yeah. And I remember every year it would come on. I don't know if it was always the oh, same yeah. time, but I just remember being like out, you know, shopping somewhere with our parents, and yeah, being a store that had TVs, and TV. you, you could see that it was playing, and I would beg them to rush home because oh, I wanted to see it. Yes. You guys Every have, year they would air that on so TV. So you remember? You guys remember TVs being on in appliance stores? Yeah. The TVs were on. Yeah, about the first color TV. Yeah, well, I don't remember that, but yeah. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you another uh, another trivia question. If for those of you that are baseball, major league baseball fans, uh, when was the first televised? Um, it was a doubleheader. When was it? Te- when was the first major league baseball game televised? What year? Yeah, we'll give you that a little bit later on in the podcast. But uh, as Nate said, we welcome you to this. Uh, We hope that these are helpful to you. Remember that we are, of course, you may be listening on uh, just the audio on Spotify or iTunes or iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening. Uh, You can come back and listen if you want to check the rest out later on or you want to come back and hear it again. Please uh, And and please let somebody know that, hey, these guys, there's these two guys that do this (laughs) podcast and they really do great trivia and they do other stuff too. It's really good. But if you're listening on YouTube, of course, you're on our YouTube channel, which is Notes by Our Music TV, and we want to let you know right up front, please, if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe thing and ring the little bell, ding, that uh, so you will get reminded when we put up some new content. So, yeah. Yes, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about something. This is an interesting thing. I've actually heard people talk about this before, um, particularly people who maybe sing they play a little bit guitar, but they're or or piano, but they can't do both together. Can't do both that, together. That's I don't think about it anymore because I've, I, do, I've been doing it for so long yeah. that it's just second nature to me. But there was a time when I, I I could play, I could play a simple chord progression, or I could sing, but I couldn't put the two together. And right. I don't even know how I jumped over that hurdle. I just <laughs> I learned to do it. But uh, we have an article here, um, actually from June of this year by Andrew Dubrock, um, how to sing and play guitar at the same time. So if you're out there, you're listening to this, and and it would uh, apply to any other instrument, and you you, maybe you sing or play an instrument, and you want to do both together, but you're struggling with that, Mm, hopefully this will help you. Um, Because, yeah, that's a skill that I find that not everybody can do. You know, I thought, and I started right out doing that. The the first band I was in, it was like Mm -hmm. three or four guys. We were doing songs by the... uh, the Beatles and the Monkees, learning those early songs of the mid-60s. And I got elected to sing because nobody else wanted to. So <laughs> It wasn't just because you were the just, only one who could. They just didn't I, want they to. They just didn't want to. Or maybe <laughs> they didn't think they could. I don't know. I wasn't sure I could either. But it was just playing chords, just, you know, rhythm guitar, electric rhythm guitar, right. and just and singing. But I always thought, but what I think about is bass players. Oh yeah, and and I've play, I've played with many bass players over the years. I think it's harder to play and sing to bass with bass, but yeah. man, those guys could do it. And then drummers, whoa, yeah, yeah. Phil Collins is a classic example. Yeah, um, I either thought you could always you can do it or you can't do it. But you're going to talk about developing yeah, you it. cannot you can actually develop it like any yeah. other skill. Um, I'm not going to read this whole article. He he does use a lot of like very specific examples, um, and you know there's 
diagrams and stuff in the article, but uh, I'll just try to get like the the salient points yeah. out there for you guys to listen to. All right, so playing guitar and singing can be challenging enough on their own, so putting t- the two together might seem like a tall order. If you methodically approach playing and singing as independent parts, you can eventually bring them together into one interlocking unit fairly easily, the author says. So again, he's kind of um, bringing up the point like, First of all, you got to be able to do the two individual things well on their own yeah. before you can bring them together. If you can't sing, but you can play guitar, singing and playing guitar is not going <laughs> to happen. happen for you and vice versa. So learn, uh, So he starts with learn each part separately. Again, it makes sense. So to sing and play a song well, you have to be able to perform the guitar and vocal parts on their own. So it's good to master each one separately. And it helps to start with a song that you're familiar with. So again, it, if you have each part on their own r- done really well where you don't have to think about it, it's a lot easier to put the two together. If you're learning a song um, you, that you, you've never played before and then you try to sing and play that, it, it's just going to make it all the, all the more difficult for you. Start with a song that you're already familiar with, particularly if you have the, the chords memorized. If you're playing guitar or piano, you have that chord prog- progression down. You don't even have to look at a chord chart or the music. You just know that song already. That's a good place to start to, yeah. to try to start singing with your your own accompaniment. Um, that familiarity, he says, will help you focus on blending your guitar or piano and voice instead of learning a new song. So you don't want that a- extra added um, stress of trying to learn a new song yeah. to put these two together. Um, so he gives an example in his, and I'll just refer to this one. He, he, he's talking about the opening phrase of a song called Hard Times Come Again, No More. Um, but he says, before you start singing, play through. Next, sing the vocal part by itself. And he says, you can keep your rhythm steady by tapping your foot on the beats, visualizing the beats, or using a metronome. And I would recommend that too, especially if you're just starting out. Yeah. Use some sort of beat, whether it's a, a keyboard-driven um, uh, r- like drum beat that you have just like pre-programmed. Um, using a metronome, you can find stuff online, even on YouTube if you're watching this right, ta- right now. You can find um, metronome videos for yeah. every different BPM out yeah, there. Cool. I actually use them sometimes to practice with. But that will help you, especially like if you're learning to sing and you don't have an accompaniment yet, to sing in time. That way when you add that to your guitar or piano part, um, you'll already have that built-in rhythm um, for your singing part so that you, the two can be, just be melded together. Uh, before part, putting the parts together, he says, make sure you can sing or play each part individually without looking at the music. Mm. That's a good good mm-hmm. point there. Now, put the two parts together. If your rhythm gets off, keep tapping your foot and remember that your vocal syllables occur on the beat. So if that's with your particular example. So again, learning to sing with a, um, either a metronome or the, a rhythm track first is going to teach you where the different words and phrases fall on the beat or off the beat if they're syncopated. And if you've already got that worked out, then when you go to play and sing, you're gonna be much, it's gonna be much easier for you to do the two together. Um, he says, you may feel an inclination to sing and play every note together. Um, make sure you're playing each note and singing each note as it's written. So that that is a typical thing I notice when people yeah. start playing and singing, especially for guitar. As they're strumming, they try to sing with, with each beat, drum, and right. it gets very robotic and mechanical. Yeah. So that that is a typical thing to fall into. Again, if you've practiced both parts separately, you'll you'll find that it's easier to put them together in in the rhythm that they're meant to be. 
Um, again, he's, he keeps um, suggesting this tap your foot if, if you find that that helps you to keep the rhythm. If you've, if you've grown up in school learning an instrument, you've learned to tap your foot to, to keep the rhythm in band um, or orchestra. Okay, so here's some troubles, troubleshooting things to isolate parts and break, in the, break them down. Sometimes a quick chord change or a complicated rhythmic pattern will throw you off in the same place every time. Mm. When this happens, hone in on your problem and er, problem area and practice it on its own. So this is a good. This is just a good um, idea in, in terms of practice every, for everything. If you're having a, a particular spot that seems to be giving you trouble, um, home in on that and find out. You know, isolate that spot and practice that to figure out what the problem is. If this is difficult for you. Play it slowly to isolate your problem. Practice the guitar part by itself until you have it down. If you can play the, the guitar and vocal parts individually, but have trouble putting them together, again, slow it down and use a metronome to click out the beats. Find a tempo, a tempo where you can play the parts together. So if you can't play and sing the song up to speed, even though you can do both parts individually, slow it down with a metronome. And start slow and then build up to the actual speed of the song yep. that you need it to be. Good idea. Um, so here's, here's another scenario. Neither part is complicated on its own, but played together, the rhythms become a little tricky. This is especially um, the case when it's something that's syncopated. So you have things on the offbeat or the upbeat. Um, again, he says, isolate and troubleshoot what's going on. Use a metronome and then build things back up to speed. If these passages prove too difficult, try simplifying either your strum pattern or your vocal part. So maybe the strum pattern is very trippy, uh, tricky. There's a lot of syncopation or it's very um, like a very fast, kind of relentless strumming pattern and you can't sing along with that. You have the option of simplifying that. I've actually found that for yeah. um, songs that we do on Sunday morning. Some of the worship songs, I know that the guy that's normally strumming that that part on the guitar on the recording is not the one singing it. Mm -hmm. So if I have to sing and play, yeah. <laughs> I'll kind of emulate the the rhythm, but I'm not going to play that full full blown, yeah. um, full speed tempo and sing it. That, that, that's in that case, um, the singing, the vocal is the more important. So you yeah. focus on that more. But it's interesting because he says um, tackle more complicated patterns when you're ready for them. But he says sometimes yeah. the simpler version will sound just as good or even better. So you might hear something that sounds really great on the recording. And you think, man, how am I ever going to be able to play and sing this? Chances are those things were recorded um, separately. There was somebody playing that that guitar lick or yeah. that guitar part um, on its own. They weren't singing that while they recorded it. So don't 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 fall for that. You may not be able to do that on yeah. its own. And you know you can simplify it, and it'll sound just as good or like he says, even better. And um, he ends with a little bit of encouragement here. He says. It may help to remember that even the best singers had to start somewhere. Yeah. So give it a try and don't worry in the beginning about how you sound. The more you do it, the more comfortable you'll you'll get singing and the better you're going to sound. Yeah. And finally, don't let mistakes stop you. When you play a song, it's important to make it through the song without stopping. Um, this is especially important if you're playing with other musicians. They're not going to wait for you to recover um, <laughs> from your mistake to catch up. Yeah. So if, if you miss a quick chord change... And your fingers aren't um, aren't ready. Just um, don't try to catch up. Pick up. Wait for the next chord change to get ready, and then jump in when when everybody else reaches that point. Again, everybody makes mistakes, but the best music musicians are good at covering up their mistakes. And of course, learning mistakes is never a good idea. But while you're playing songs with other people, it's the wrong time to troubleshoot rough spots. 
you can always work on your mistakes later. Yeah. So if you're working on your own, you know, you find a mistake, an area where you make mistakes, you can take a break. Yeah. You can really work them out. But if you're um, playing in a group, again, I think that's really good advice. Don't try to catch up, pick up. Right. Um, and and work on those mistakes later on your own so that the next time you play with the group, you can fall right in. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. I'm, I'm wondering if you, if you guys – if this is really intimidating, I just had this thought as yeah. you were talking about making yeah. it simple. Take one or take one or two or three of your favorite nursery rhymes. <laughs> okay, maybe "Happy Birthday" or Three Blind or Mice." Three Blind Mice," "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star." If maybe you know that on the piano, maybe you know that on the guitar. Right. That would be a great place to start because you're already familiar with it. Yeah, you, you don't know, have to think about. Maybe that. you've never played "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star" on a guitar and sang it. Try it. You're so familiar with it. I'll bet you'll find you can do it. And it's a place to start. Yeah, that's a yeah. good idea. You can just start. Start like he says, everybody has to start somewhere. Um, start, start simple somewhere. Yeah. and slow and then uh, work your way, build your way up to full speed. Yeah. But yeah, and it is interesting um like I said I, I've met so many people who say they they can either sing or play but they can't do both together. Can't do both. Yeah. And I you know again, I forget that like he said, everybody starts somewhere. And like yeah. way back when I first started, I probably couldn't do both either. Yeah. And just from doing it so much over and over again, you finally just you absolutely you figure it out. Um, but hopefully, some of this article again, I was kind of ch- picking and choosing because the article was a little bit l- more lengthy, but with more examples. Um, but hopefully, some of these ideas will help you guys if you're just starting out on yeah. um, pulling the two together. Um, again, yeah. Yeah. get fam- very familiar with your vocal part and your guitar part or piano part separately, and then bring the two together. Mm-hmm. Start out slow, build your way up, and then before long, you'll be playing and singing both you, together at at full tempo. You can do it. Yeah, you can do it. And okay, anybody can do it with a little bit of practice. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so we'll take a break here in a second, but uh, let's see. So what was that trivia question that uh, that I put out there? Oh, it's right here on the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the answer to that one, and I'm going to give you a couple more. So uh, August 26th, first televised Major League Baseball game was actually a doubleheader between the Cincinnati Reds and the Brooklyn Dodgers, and, of course, okay. that took place. Um, let's see. It doesn't say where it took place. Huh. It doesn't. Oh. A double, da, 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 on August 26th in 1939. Wow. Wow, is right. That was, uh, yeah. All right. And I, I love this one. And it's not, you guys did notice that we got, okay, that one's almost gone. <laughs> Which means this podcast is almost over, guys. Yeah, yeah. if we run out of coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's all over at that point. But uh, what, is the, what is the state with the most donut shops per person. Oh, I like this already. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Maybe I'll plan a vacation here. And this is, uh, and this is not that far away either. Uh, and we're not talking about one particular uh, coffee shop or, or, excuse me, donut shop. Any particular, uh, uh, what's the word? Chain right, name. Yeah. Well, most donut shops per person in the United States is Rhode Island. Well, it's small, a small state, state, right? Twenty three. Over, just over 23 donut shops per 100,000 people. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I want to go there. They love their donuts up there, huh? Yeah, they like their donuts. Yeah. So did you did you get it? How many planets are in the galaxy? Oh, that's right. That's what that it, was say, it says galaxy. Did they mean do they mean solar system? 
I was wondering about that. I think I they like, mean solar system. Planets in the galaxy. I don't even know. That's right. You you guys caught that, didn't you? Okay. I ju- I'm sorry. We just caught that. How many planets are in the solar system? Well, I was taught that there's nine. But because of Pluto, right? Yeah, but there's not. In August in August of 2006, Pluto downgraded. The planet, not the dog. Yeah. Was demoted. Yeah. Demoted to a dwarf planet. Why? Because of its inability to clear neighboring objects out of its orbit. Huh. So it just runs into whatever, you know, things can, like like if a, if a comet or a meteor comes toward the Earth, it can, it may be deflected off the atmosphere, and hopefully most of them are, but any of the big ones anyway. Yeah. But Pluto cannot do that. So they demoted it to a dwarf planet. It's called a dwarf planet now. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird how, like, how can science be wrong? Like, you know, yeah. we, that was in all the textbooks yeah. growing up. And then exactly. all of a sudden, oh, yeah. Yeah. no, that's not right. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay, here's a couple more just to, just for you to chew on. Well, well, first I'll give you our our verse, uh, our, our weekly verse. That's not weekly verse. Our podcastly verse. Is that a good word? Yeah, I guess that's all a right. new word. Habakkuk, <laughs> Habakkuk 3, verses 17 and 18. Though the fig tree does not bud... And there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Hmm. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to rejoice in times of Times of like lack. those, but yeah. Yeah, the writer Habakkuk says, I will, I will rejoice. All right, uh, before we take a break, you can chew on these. Um, what is a youp? How's that spelled? Uh, youp. Y-O-O-P. Y-O-O-P. Youp. It stands for, uh, it comes from the letters U-P. If you, when you say them quickly, it's U-P, youp, youp. All right, and uh, it refers to a group of people. Ah, you, you people. You people. Yeah. <laughs> Like use guys or use guys, yeah. But where? Okay, all right. Um, And uh, let's go back to baseball just for a second before we move on. Um, What was the first baseball team to include numbers on the front of the jersey? Oh, they didn't always do that. Yeah, no, they didn't always do that. You know, like Notespire. But we have, you know. Anyway, what was the first first uh, team? to put numbers on the front of their journeys, jerseys. All right. We'll come back in a second. We're going to talk about Spotify some more. All right. Yeah. We'll be right back. This podcast and a portion of the programming on WNSMDB Notespire Radio are sponsored in part by MTS Management Group, specializing in full-service artist management, publicity and promotions, and social media campaigns. MTS Management is on the cutting edge of today's new music business. To learn more, visit mtsmanagementgroup.com. MTS, where indie artists go for major coverage. And now, back to the Artist Impact Podcast with your hosts, Paul Gibbs and Nate Miller. All right, welcome back. Yeah, we are here and uh, moving on here. Yeah, you're there, right? Exactly. Um, Let's see. So... um, We'll, we'll give you that trivia answer at the end. Uh, remember, if we didn't say it during the break, uh, if you would like to be a sponsor of 
our, our podcast, including this one. We'd love to have you. It helps you. It helps us uh, help you by, you know, we're going to, as we uh, said, mention your 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 music, uh, your ministry name, your, your name, whatever you'd like us to do, uh, contact information, and you'll be mentioned on this podcast and our other two podcasts, the Just Got Music Hour and the Artist Insight interview podcast, and also on WNSMDB, which is our 24-7 Note Aspire Radio yeah. Internet Station. You'll be mentioned uh, every day, uh, many times throughout the day on that. So for inf- more information on how to do that, go to NoteSpireMusic.com, click on Services, scroll down, and it's all right there. Yeah, we'd love to have you as a sponsor. Okay, so um, it was 1956. I love this stuff. I, I hope you go, <laughs> you know, and it's so good that we just can't help not sharing it. You know, when something's really good, when you feel something's good, you want to share it? Well, maybe that doesn't apply here. But anyway, <laughs> all right. So 1956, I, I wish I had a dollar for every time I sang this song or played it. Carl Perkins. Yeah. We think of Carl Perkins as uh, Amer- an American artist, but he was on the UK charts over <laughs> in Britain with his number, with a, a, his debut single called, of course, Blue Suede Shoes, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, how did that song start? Well, Johnny Cash actually planted the seed, if you will, for the song in the fall of 1955, the year before, while Carl Perkins, uh, Johnny Cash, and Elvis Presley were touring uh, the South, the southern U.S. Hmm. So Johnny Cash told Carl Perkins about a black airman who he had met when he was serving in the military in Germany, okay? Hmm. And this guy had referred to his military regulation air shoes as blue suede shoes. And Johnny Cass suggested that Carl Perkins might want to write a song about blue suede shoes. It's really random. Like, it's, it's interesting it? where songs can get pulled out uh, of the ether. Something? Like, you just see, like, oh, there's a pair of blue sh- right. shoes. Let's write a song about that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and how did he get one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now? Go, cat, go, don't you? Yeah. Step on my blue sweat. How did that, I mean, what, what an interesting way to start a song. Yeah. <laughs> and just when you thought that you're, the, the intro for that song you're thinking about, it was too corny. Uh, just think of blue suede shoes. No, do it. Go ahead and do it. You, you might you might have the next uh, next hit. Right. You know? <laughs> anyway, all right. What was the what song? Let's see if you get this one. Okay. What song has been on the uh, most week? The, had spent the most weeks at number one on the music charts. Man, of all time. Of or? all time. Sheesh. Most weeks at number one of all time. It was on the on the charts for nineteen weeks. My guess would have been um, Christmas song. Um, oh, White Christmas? White Christmas. Bing Crosby. It's not White Christmas. Um, I know it's not, but I'm hoping it's something like Meatloaf, like I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Well, that, that was probably up there for a while. <laughs> it's like such an epic song. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give you – we're, we're going to save with the other – that. Uh, the Jersey one for after till we get done, but I'm going to give you this one because yeah, number like here's here's one uh, the runner the couple runners up here, um, fourteen weeks at number one was I will always love you by oh, yeah. Whitney Houston. I got sick of that song. Uh huh. 
That was on 14 weeks. 16 weeks was... song from Titanic. Louis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee featuring Justin Bieber. The, ta- the song was Despacito. Oh, yeah, Despacito. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that on the charts that long. I didn't either. Wow. Wow. That's, and that's a, a modern song. Like, yeah? yeah. Recent. Um, let's see. Is there another runner-up? There is. It's called One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and okay. Boys to Men. I think wow, That's going like, back to the 90s. Yeah, it's going back a ways. I think that was like 18 weeks on the charts. Wow. But the number one, 19 weeks on the charts, was by Little Nas X, or Little Nas 10, the Roman numeral X, featuring none other than... Oh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus. I know what song this is. Old Town Road. Yep. I can't believe that. Uh, of all time? 19 weeks. <laughs> wow. And that's such a meme song. I mean, yeah, it, it became like, such a hit. And... Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Anyway, somebody, now, you guys need you to know. write some some better music, yeah. and get it out there get it in out the there. charts, please, <laughs> please. And well, to help yes. you do that, let's talk about Spotify. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Speaking of charts. All right. Speaking of charts is right. Now, how to do a lean mean promo campaign? <laughs> or cam- I see what you did there. Yeah. Cam. Or a lane, or a lane main promo campaign. Mm. Yeah, the rain in Spain falls. Okay, now, never Maybe mind. On the plane. Well, as we know, all right. Get, let's get serious for a second. <laughs> maybe, well, maybe two seconds. Music promotion, as you guys know, and we do too. It takes a lot of time and effort, which a lot of us just don't have a lot of that time <laughs> uh, or the energy to put into it at all. Right. But. So, uh, but there's, you know, there's a lot of things we can do to promote our music. So, um, but you know, at some point, the law of diminishing returns Hmm. applies. But let's not worry about that right now. Not yet. Because we're not there yet. Okay. So, here's a few simple steps you can take to maximize the impact of your release online. Now, these these steps, these steps are uh, designed for, uh, let's say, time poor Time poor, you don't have a lot of time, and not the you okay. Um, <laughs> who want their new single to reach a reasonably wide online audience as efficiently as possible? And we are intentionally omitting uh, some things like radio promotion, music video, uh, traditional PR, in order to give you a, a simple and ultra lean campaign. Plant. All right, so this is designed for entry-level artists who are just getting your feet wet. So first, plan ahead. Yeah, plan ahead. Yeah. All right, so choose choose a day for your single release. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, well, what if I have an EP I want to release? Yes, you can do that too. Uh, if you're re- releasing an EP or an album, you need to choose a single track or what they call a focus track. All right, more about that later, but um, because most of the play- playlist curators and other influencers, they don't have time to listen to your whole EP or right. your whole album. So don't send them one. All right, pick one and go for that. So we're going to assume one song, a single release. All right, remember, uh, you've got to have enough lead time, which uh, 
it's at most most releases come out on Friday, but if Friday's not working for you, feel free to pick any other day of the week. Hmm. Circle that date on your calendar and make sure that you can set aside a few hours on that date to focus on your release. So, four weeks, all right, four weeks before release day, you want to upload your sing- single uh, via your preferred aggregator, okay? <laughs> Not aggravation, although that may come too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, set your release date, okay? Um, you need four weeks of lead time to really give you enough time to implement your campaign efficiently um, and deal with any you know unexpected events that come up along the way. Hmm. So set up your band's Bandcamp and SoundCloud accounts. Have you got those set up? If not, do it. All right, but don't publish your single yet. Set up your Bandcamp and SoundCloud. All right, make sure that you've got a Facebook page, mm-hmm. a Twitter account, and mm-hmm. of course an Instagram account. All right, don't, okay, guys, don't use your personal accounts. You know, you right have a you, dedicated musician page or a band page. Yeah. yeah, you really should. It's not that hard to set up another one, and it's really, uh, it's it's like building. We're building a foundation here. And I think you're it's, you're going to be far, a few steps ahead if you do that now. Set up these pages for your music. Okay. Um, now, let's be consistent. We've talked about that how many times? We, we talk about this consistently on this podcast, and we want you to be uh, consistent with this. Make sure all of these accounts exist and be active regularly on at least one of your platforms, hmm. okay. You want to don't don't ignore the others, but make sure that at least at least one of them is up you, to date. Is yeah. up to date, correct? Yeah. All right. Once once all these uh, accounts are set up, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, make sure they all have consistent graphics and photos. Okay. Hmm. And again, keep them up to date, as Nate just said. Yeah. Uh, a brief. You you want your artist bio to be on there. And, uh, you also want it to look the same across all your platforms. If each one's different, it's very confusing. That's right, and people yep. won't recognize you. Yep. If yeah. you have, a, if you haven't got a logo, right. you know, don't go spend a fortune on a logo right now. But at least get a consistent look, coloring. If you do have a logo, then great. Make sure you use you're using that. Yeah, be consistent. Put it, put it on a t-shirt. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, and very important. Link your different platforms to each other Mm -hmm. okay make sure that your links are all of your links are everywhere okay yeah all right so three weeks before release day all right you got all that done right okay (laughs) now set up a spotify pre-save for your upcoming single oh yeah i have seen this on uh other artists that we yeah, don't they, do a pre-save on Spotify. It's just a way to tip off your your fans and your followers and your friends that we've got a song coming out. Exactly. And you can get them to um, buy in before it's even ready. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Share share the link to your pre-save on all your personal and in-band socials. Um, encourage people to clink the clink. The link. Click no, the link. Yeah. Click the link. Okay. <laughs> click the link to pre-save your single on Spotify. All right. And then uh, again, we're talking about three weeks here. Search for Spotify playlists that would be a good fit for your song. Hmm. Yeah. And then start compiling a list of curators. 
All right, to pitch to on your release day. Again, some of these fir- uh, these terms that we're talking about, uh, you may be, what's that mean? What does that mean? Please mm-hmm. feel free to go back and view our previous podcast where we've talked about all this stuff, these curators and all that kind of stuff, or you can just do a search for, uh, you'll, you'll find the same information. Uh, that we're giving you here. So we won't get into all of these terms right now because we've already talked about them or you can find them elsewhere. But um, start compiling a list of curators, all right? Most blogs and artists and indie labels and companies, etc., they can all be found with a Google search. Hmm. Now, regular Spotify users are easiest to find on Facebook. So do a Facebook search for the owner's name, the playlist owner's name, and scan the results to find their matching profile photo. Okay. Hmm. Now we talk about goals. Right. Goals. Yeah. Set a reasonable goal. Just don't do this haphazardly when you feel like it. Oh, <laughs> just, you know, whatever. Okay. Set a reasonable goal of playlists to pitch your song to. All right. Yeah. You've got to do this. All right. Do as many as you feel capable of pitching or stretch yourself and maybe set the goal for a little more than you feel like you can do. Yeah. Um, we recommend targeting at least 100. Yeah. Relative, relevant playlists. More is better as long as the playlists are a good fit for your single. And uh, most this says most successful artists, they will pitch to uh, between 350 and 500 playlists. For every single that they do, they put out. Wow, that's a lot of that, that's That is a lot. But you know what, friends? This may seem very daunting to you, overwhelming, but I, I, I guess, I'm get, my guess is that when you get started, once you get rolling and you realize how to do it, mm-hmm. it's going to be going to be pretty easy. It almost becomes like a template, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cut, uh, copy and paste. Yeah. Don't yeah. reinvent the wheel. All right. So two weeks. All right. We're two. We're now. We're two weeks before. We're getting there. Log into your Spotify for artists account. Hmm. Okay. Now, if you're using DistroKid as your aggregator, you can request instant access to Spotify for Artists. Make sure your Spotify profile has an up-to-date bio, we talked Mm -hmm. about this, photos, and social links. All right? So once you're on your Spotify for Artists account, check the notice near the top of the page, uh, which says, you've got an upcoming release. All right, quick on <laughs> submit a song, fill that out, and I'm sure it's once you get there, it's going to be pretty much uh, self-explanatory. Right, and that follow will, the prompts. Yeah, to to, re, to to submit your single to Spotify's editorial team. Very mm-hmm. important, do that. All right, now we are one week away. All right, upload, now you upload your single to Bandcamp and SoundCloud, but don't publish it yet. Hmm. All right, SoundCloud's going to let you schedule a future release. Bandcamp requires that you hit publish manually on the day of release. So don't forget to go back on the day of release. Include your description, your production credits, lyrics, any relevant genre tags. Hmm. All right, now... Here's one. I, I didn't know about this. Submit Hub profile. Create a Submit Hub profile. All right. Google that and find out about that. Buy some credits and get familiar with the interface. Don't submit your song quite yet to that and review the genre categories to decide which category your song best fits into. All right. Check that out. I'm not, we're not going to go into a deep dive on that one right now. Uh, submit Hub, though, is the link. 
Okay, remind people via your personal and band socials that your new single is coming out soon. Let people know. Yeah, we got a week to go, folks. Mm-hmm. And post, remember that pre-save link that you told everybody about on right. Spotify? Post it again. Mm, yeah. Good idea. Post it a couple of times during that last week. Yeah. All right. Because people may not have, you know, repetition is great. Consistency and repetition. And people may not have, you know, when the first time they saw it three weeks ago, they may have said, yeah, I'll do that. I got time. Yeah, I got time yet. And then they forget. And then they forget. Right. So put it back in their face a couple of times (laughs) during during the final week. All right. Uh, You ready? Release day. Here we go. Here we go. Publish your song. Publish now on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Hmm. Don't forget to go back and do the Bandcamp. you got to click it manually. Manually, right. All right. Post the Spotify link for your single on all of your socials. And as Nate talked about a little earlier, maybe it was last podcast, we talked about hashtags. Yeah, that was last one. All right. Yeah. Like uh, hashtags like hashtag New Music Friday, you know, mm-hmm. all the hashtags you can think of. Okay. New release. Yeah. New release, mm-hmm. yeah. Now go back to Submit Hub, send your, send your song to any relevant blogs, SoundCloud channels, YouTube channels, radio stations. Notespire Radio would love to hear about your new song. Yeah, okay. Guys. Notespire, <laughs> okay. We'd love to hear about it. Um, and Spotify playlists, okay. We've been talking about those. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, finally... Uh, on release day, use the Spotify playlist target list that you have created. All right, go back and review that if you need to. Send a brief message to each of the playlist curators. Hmm. All right, and hopefully you've got hundreds of them. Introduce yourself. Ask them to consider adding your new single to their playlist. Yeah. Uh, remember that stats matter. Okay, check that out. Stats matter. Statistics. <laughs> Aim to get as much of your target list as possible. Uh, yeah, get through, excuse me. Aim to get through as much of that target list, all those playlist curators, as as many as possible on release day. Hmm. Okay? And uh, there is a link, um, how to make contact with playlist curators. I don't have the website uh, right here. But uh, Google that, okay? Making contact with playlist curators, okay? Finally, let's wrap this up, put a bow on it. <laughs> After release day, monitor. Don't just give up, friends. Just don't move, don't move on to the next song quite yet. Monitor your playlist ads using, using uh, a website called Spot on Track hmm. or Chart Metric. Hmm. Ch- Spot on Track. Or chart metric. You can also track how many listeners and streams you get uh, from each playlist through your Spotify for Artists. That might be where you want to start. Spotify for Artists. So you have an account you set up. All right. And finally, make sure to share any blog features or playlist ads uh, on all your socials. Okay. Right. And be generous, friends. Be generous with your public thank yous and shout outs. Hmm. Yeah. Thank people. It's good karma, okay? <laughs> it can also help nudge other curators, taste makers. Wait a minute, are we talking about cooking here? Yeah. <laughs> All right, curators, taste makers, and potential new fans to check out your song. That good is stuff. A, that's a ton of information, friends. Yeah. I know it is. I know it is. Uh, but that's why we're that's why we're here. 
please feel free to go back, rerun this podcast if you want to watch it again. Uh, there's all kinds, and plus there's all kinds of uh, advice out there on YouTube, all kinds of, on the, on the internet of, of getting your, your songs on Spotify. But we want to give you the, the meat and potatoes of it, basically. So Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there. A lot um, of good stuff there. Yeah, it, it can be overwhelming. It is, yeah. It really, it really can. I, we, we know that just reading it to you, and, and, and that was just highlights. But yeah. you know what? You've got to start, friends. You've got to start somewhere. Okay, all that we we talk a lot about just getting started, and you're going to find that once you, you know it's like a it's like a big rock, and you're trying to push it, and you may you may just you may look at the rock and you say, oh man, I'm never going to I can't push this thing, but um, and I learned this when I started my business, my uh, my day job, my appraisal business years ago, that you you push you got this big rock and you want to get this thing to move you you may push against it and push against it and it's not even budging but most people you know what and i think it's especially true with musicians we we just you, we either don't succeed fast enough right or we give up too soon yep you know or we just, just give shy, up yeah yep yeah. but keep push and i rem, always remember this keep pushing the rock because one day as one day, as you as you're trying to do this Spotify thing, whatever you're trying to do, you're trying to sing and play guitar at the same time. Whatever you're <laughs> trying to do, just keep pushing that rock, and one day you're going to find it's moving, it budges, and it, it it's going to move. Keep pushing, because then once you keep pushing, and it starts rolling, momentum, momentum, yeah. and then you're going to find it, that it's moving all. By itself, and then you can just steer it, right? And then you just steer it. Yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, a Rolling Stone gathers no moss. Yeah, yeah. So if you do get moving, keep moving, keep keep being, moving, keep being consistent. And steer it. Don't don't ignore it. Yeah, don't ignore it because you know what happens if if that rock's rolling and you, and you don't keep steering it, it's going to go off in rest. some direction. It's going to stop, or it's going to go off in some direction that you really don't want to go. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> all right, all right. We're going to close with a kind of a yeah. different article here. This one really caught my eye. Um, it's a little bit different from the the types of articles that we're, we're sharing with you guys. I mean, we're often talking to. Um, our, hopefully, our our target is you, the independent. Christian musician um, who's out there trying to figure out, like like Paul just shared, how to get on Spotify. But maybe some of you guys um, are already doing some of your own recordings. You have maybe your own studio yeah. or yeah. access to your own studio, or you're already recording other artists. Um, so I, you know, we don't want to assume that our listeners aren't recording artists themselves or recording producers or studio mm-hmm. owners. And uh, th- this article really piqued my interest because we're sitting in the studio right now. Yeah. Even though you see kind of a bland uh, background behind us, and uh, we do studio recordings and production and music composition and arrangement, and so this is speaking to to those people who run a studio, whether you're recording your own music or music for other people. It's top tips for a session etiquette in a recording studio, mm-hmm. uh, or the te- the sub um, line is how to avoid time consuming problems when working with multiple people in your studio, whether it's for your own music or someone else's. Really short article, but some really great stuff packed in here. So particularly for you guys, if you're already recording your own music or you're starting to venture into recording other people, um, let's listen to this together. So first thing to to think about is, are you going to be a a producer, an engineer, or both? Decide in advance whether you just want to be a button pusher or if you're willing to provide the kind of input that producers have historically been tasked with, 
such as offering ideas about vocal harmonies, phrasing, tempo, key, instrumentation, and so forth as needed. If everything is technically correct and you still don't like what you're hearing, speak up. As long as you keep it upbeat, performers will typically be receptive to suggested alterations, particularly if it's going to help improve the song. The next thing is know your client. Anything you can do in advance of a guest session can help ensure a smooth recording experience. From wiring um, and situating microphones in advance, labeling inputs and recording tracks, using sound baffling if needed, and more. If recording someone else's work, consider adding or consider attending one of their band rehearsals or even watching a live clip on YouTube so you have a better idea of what you're getting into and how to approach, approach the session ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So again, any prep work you can do in advance of the actual in-studio session, setting up microphones, labeling all, labeling all your channels, um, being familiar with how many people are in this band and who's singing and who's playing and mm-hmm. what type of rigs are they are they using usually using for guitars or bass, all that prep work is going to go a long way to making your studio session uh, much more efficient. Next thing is keep it rolling. Um, this is kind of cool because they give a kind of a, a historic um, mm-hmm. context for where this came from. So back in the analog era, some of you guys are old enough to remember analog. A spool of tape moving at 15 inches per second offered about 20 minutes of recording time tops. That's it. And even so, engineers were often encouraged to keep it rolling, particularly if the performance was beginning to gel and despite any obvious mistakes made along the way. So they were really limited for time with analog tape. Mm -hmm. So they said, just just keep moving, just keep it moving because they didn't want to lose um, precious time for for the tape before it ran out. Nowadays, this is cool, even a puny micro SD card holds more space than a shopping cart full of tape. But all the more reason to keep your pause away from the pause pause button. It says, (laughs) even if there's a breakdown in the middle of the take, um, encourage the musicians to continue where they Mm -hmm. left off in order to maintain momentum rather than continually starting from the top. Remember that you can easily edit um, out the mistake or break later on. So if you're recording on digital... Um, just keep the thing rolling. Yeah. There's no reason. You don't have a tape limit to worry about, um, 15 or 20 minute limit. Yeah. You, you can record for hours probably. And if, if you got a band in, in the studio and they're starting to get the, the kind of the, the groove is, is starting to, to work together, keep that momentum going. Don't stop and start from the top. Um, you can go back and, and they're going to be talking about comping here in a bit, but you can piece things together. Um, all at once. Okay. Building a track out of individually recorded parts, so drum first, then bass, then keyboards, and so on, is not only perfectly acceptable practice, it's actually the dominant method of pro recording for some time now, but for those without easy access to a performance space, it is the only practical choice, especially if you're limited in space. Our studio here is pretty small. We can fit several musicians in here, but if we were to try to put a five-piece band with a full kit, full drum kit, We'd be pretty hard pressed to do that. The drums would be out in a driveway. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean that. I mean practicality. Um, a lot of times dictates um, yeah. what you're going to do, and that's why a lot of t- a lot of times people will record things separately. It also allows you for um, more control, easier control over the sound as you're going down through. But if you've got a, a tight group of players together in the same room, mm-hmm. why not record them all at once? If you have that luxury, um, it's a really great way to capture great chemistry um, and, and great grooves with music. It requires a bit more discipline 
and going for a live vibe um, while cutting a basic track is also worth the extra effort. Yeah. So if you're able to do that, uh, that's a better way to go. Um, if you do, though, it says consider recording the bass directly or perhaps move the bass cabinet to another side of the room in order to prevent too much low-end leakage from occurring, especially if you have everybody set up in the same room. Um, you don't have dividers or people in separate rooms, yeah. and you're, you're using live mics. Um, be aware of that. You're going to get leakage from different instruments into the mics. And, and drums, um, drums, too. Drums, you know, you, too. You can put a enclosure or something around the drums. Yeah. yeah. Finally, he says, be positive no matter what. Mm. So as mentioned previously, a good studio operator is both a sound technician and a people person. Yep. If you're dealing with, again, you're not doing music for yourself. If you're dealing with other people, you got to be a people person. You might be a whiz behind the console, but it won't matter much if you come across as impatient or condescending or both during a recording session. Mm -hmm. um, if a singer is struggling to hit the high notes or the lead guitarist isn't finding the groove right away, offer some encouragement and calmly explain what might make it better on the next try. Though you can sometimes get what you need out of a single take, having the ability to create a composite or what we call a comp track by editing together the best bits from several different attempts can help take the pressure off. So if you are working with a, uh, a young or inexperienced or, or artist or even an experienced one, sometimes mm -hmm. we have off days and they're just not nailing the parts that they need to, they can be very frustrating. It can also be very overwhelming. Um, if a person's having an off day and they feel a little pressure because they're in the studio, especially if they're paying by the hour or whatever, however you're working your studio, um, that can totally kill any kind of momentum that they had um, for the project. So give, offer some encouragement. And if they're really feeling the pressure to get something yep. on, on one take, um, tell them, we can do this in pieces. Let's do this. Let's comp yep. this thing. Yep. Let them put their best performance out there, even if it's... Um, two three four multiple mm -hmm. tracks yep and then you can cut and paste the best performances together into one composite track so that they can get not only the best product product but the best sound that they they possibly can do um there are very few artists out there although we've worked with a couple who yeah have nailed it on on one or two takes mm -hmm. from top to bottom top to finish and it's it's impressive when that can be done yeah and it sounds amazing but if they can't do it um there are other ways to do it, especially today Absolutely. without working with reel to reel and all that stuff. Yeah, and, and like Nate said, a, a relaxed, whether you are the artist doing the recording or yeah. you're the studio, the, the producer, the engineer, everybody play nice. Really yeah. relax. Be Try to be leave, leave all the negative stuff out of the studio. Just uh, work together well. It, cause that, that, is, goes, that goes a long way to really make yeah. a... To, to, that all that's going to show in the final product. It really is. But if somebody's feeling down, feeling negative and critical, whatever, you know what? That's going to show on the recording too. Right. Yeah. And like, he's, like I said, he started off with the the thing, the article saying, "Do you want to be a producer, an engineer, or both?" Yeah. Um, you know, some of you might just be utilizing your equipment or your space and allowing people to come in and record. And like you said, you'll just be a button pusher. You're just there to, to be the sound engineer and to record them and give them the, whatever effects that they want and set up the microphones and stuff. And that's fine. But if you are looking either if you already are a producer or you're looking into getting into um, music production, yeah, you're going to have to know how to do that, how to kind of coax or uh, yeah. coach the best performance out of each person, whether it's vocally or instrumentally, yep. to serve the song the best. And that's mm -hmm. what it's about, that final product, um, hearing the best possible song that you can produce. 
And uh, you as the producer are, are key to that. You're going to have yeah. to help the band to get that um, because they, they're going to be very focused on their part, singing and or playing. And uh, you as an outside ear, outside um, observation, a point of angle, yeah. um, or even the experience that you're bringing into it, are going to be able to help the band do much more than they can do on their own. Right. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. Yeah. It's a great, this is great for us even. Um, like I said, this is, this really piqued my interest because this is what we do here at Notes by Our Music. Yep. We're a music studio. Um, we we um, re- record artists and produce music, our own and also other people. So it's yep. a lot of great things here to, to really think is. about. Yeah. 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 So maybe that's piqued your interest. Maybe you haven't recorded before. Yeah. Maybe you've got a couple songs or a song, and maybe you'd like to record it. You think it's pretty good. People say, oh, you should record. Get a hold of us. Um, we'd love to uh, talk to you about that. Info at notespiremusic.com is our email. Just go to the website. You can find out more right there. Um, and we've worked with artists who uh, have written songs but don't really know how to produce them. What's right. going to make those songs sound their best? So uh, we do that here as well. Right, that's another area where the producer would come in producer, and make suggestions, yeah. like, "Oh, we should add, yep. you know, uh, uh, another instrument here, or backing vocals, or mm-hmm. harmony parts, or something." Whereas the, like you said, the original singer songwriter, they might just have a simple melody and a yep. chord progression. Right. Right. And how do you turn that into a fully produced song? Yeah. 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 So you might maybe you're you might be on the fence about that. So hey, get get a hold of us. Yeah. All right, so let's see. So I think we have an, a trivia question to we answer do. here, don't we? I didn't forget this time. Yeah. <laughs> well, but thank you anyway. All right, well, it was 1952, and the Los Angeles Dodgers were the first oh. baseball team to include numbers and now, on, on at, the front of the jerseys. you got to wonder, what, what was the thinking behind that? Like, it, I don't know. If it had never been done before, like now that's just like yeah. expected. Right. So right. I wonder who came up with that idea. That's a good idea. Google that. Let us know. It's Comments below. Oh, yeah. well, YouTube. Yeah. How about Youp? What's a Youp? Yeah. Well, Youp is Youp. The, way you sa- the way you say the letters U-P, and the letters U-P stands for the Upper Peninsula oh. in the state of Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Ma- Amer- the, it's, a- it's actually in a dictionary. Believe this? Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines a youper as, quote, <laughs> a native or resident of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, used as a nickname. So if we have any Mich- listeners from Michigan out there, let us know. Yeah. Do you guys use are, this, this are term? Are you a youper? Are you a youper, yeah. <laughs> are you a YouTuber or a youper? Yeah. Okay. You're right. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, there. Now you know. And uh, you may still not care, but at least now you yeah. know. <laughs> It's a very regional thing. Uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, heard exactly. that before. But. Exactly, yeah. All right, I think that's all we've got for you this time. Yeah, this, yeah we went a little long this time, but that's okay. A lot of, a lot of, hopefully a lot of good content for you guys. And, uh, you know, make sure that you're checking out our, the YouTube channel. If you're listening on uh, just audio on, a Spotify, on Spotify, iTunes, wherever, mm-hmm. to the podcast, uh, remember that there is a video version of this on our YouTube channel at Notespire Music TV, where you get to see our smiling faces. Basically and the same thing, except we're wearing Notespire t-shirts. With the Notespire t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. If you'd like a t-shirt, yeah, just let us know. Okay? Yeah. yeah. If you're a youper, maybe we'll give you one for free. 
Maybe not. I don't know. But you got to anyway, prove that you're a youper. You got to prove it. Right, right. Show us a road sign in the Upper Peninsula or yeah. so we know that you're actually there. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, what else do we want? Uh, uh, yeah, follow us on social media. We're on yep. Facebook and on Instagram. Um, you mentioned the website, notespiremusic.com. How about we didn't say this last time? You want to tell them a little bit about WNSM TV oh, yes. Notespire Radio? Well, if you're if you're uh, if you like internet radio, or even if you don't, uh, you <laughs> should. Uh, internet radio, yes, we WNSM DB Notespire Radio is uh, it's been on the air for over four years now. We are at notespireradio.com. Uh, if you're listening on your phone, there's a couple of apps. We will give you one yes. of them. It's called Live 365, L-I-V-E 365. Download that free app onto your phone. Use it to search for Notespire Radio. Uh, it's spelled just like it's on the T-shirts, except it's not. Oh, yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you're listening, it's N-O-T-E-S-P-I-R-E. Yeah. And you can and you can listen to Notespire Radio. 24-7 uh, on the 24/7. internet. Yeah, where we... Feature artists, just like hopefully some of you out there, um, yeah. independent Christian musicians. Yeah. Got a lot of other great content on there. Um, in do. touch with Charles Stanley. Yep. Other devotional elements. A lot of devotionals. Yeah. Um, just some great, yeah. great radio and in, independent. We really feature independent musicians and artists. So yeah. that's one of the ways that sets us apart a little bit. Yeah. 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 And if you'd like to submit music, please, in, info at notespiremusic.com. Send us your music. We'll definitely consider it. All right. Um, let us know what you think, guys. Uh, if you're on YouTube, leave us a comment below. Uh, let us know topics that you want us to talk yeah, about in future episodes. Yeah, we'd love to do this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we will be able to help. We are, we, we are helping and continue to be able to help you do what God's called you to do. So, all right. All right. Until we see you again, friends. Until we hear you, you hear us again. All right. Take care of yourselves. And take care of each other. Bye-bye. God bless. The Artist Impact Podcast is a production of Notespire Music, LLC. At Notespire Music, we empower independent Christian musicians to grow their God-given music potential by refining their craft and extending their music ministry reach through mentorship, training, trusted resources, music production, and artist promotion. Notespire Music, helping you gain confidence, grow your talent, and advance your impact. For more information, visit notespiremusic.com. That's N-O-T-E-S-P-I-R-E-M-U-S-I-C.com.